Today, uh, we have an amazing special guest on. For those that don't know, this segment is all about um, your opportunity, your your time to be able to ask another industry expert um, something around the property field. So today, we've got something that a lot of you guys have been asking about, which is a builder. How do you find a good builder? Um, and all the questions you'd like to ask a builder. So let me see if I can get our special guest on now. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I think he's going to beat the record for the most punctual guest today. Let me see who we have in the building. How you doing? Good evening. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very, very well. So I'm just going to reintroduce the segment. So today we have a session which I love. It's called Ask Somebody Else. So it's my opportunity to ask the questions, to push all the burden of responsibility onto our guest. So today we have um, Chris from Square Mile Builders. Um, from what I know about them, established building firm, obviously from the name, you can see sort of centralized around, you know, sort of a high, high net worth area in terms of their builds. He's today presenting himself from a very nice exposed brick. So I like the background. I like that you're already showing us the class that you have that you're working with, sir. So go on, introduce yourself. Tell yourself, tell the people a bit about you. Yeah, Kazi, good luck. Good evening, mate. Thanks very much for introducing me. I like the, um, the music intro there, mate. Very professional, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, I, I realised everybody else has been a bit slow on coming on, so I thought, I need to warm up the crowd. And I was watching the boxing over the weekend, and Dylan White had a great win, ring walk, you know, shout out to player, Dylan White, a good win over the weekend. Um, and I thought, you know what? I, I need a little ring walk. And what better to go have than a bit of Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> Love it, mate. Listen, I can get used to that, that's for sure. Right at that. <laughs> Um, thanks very much for introducing me. Yeah, my name is Chris. I'm the director of Square Mile Builders Limited. Uh, we're based in North London, but we work in London and surrounding counties. Mm -hmm. um, we work primarily in residential, but we're sort of dabbling to commercial and sort of trying to go into development aspects as well. Uh, another division on a business. Um, I've been in the business now about 10 years. I had a carpentry company before that. Um, I am a carpenter and joiner by trade, so I have a profession within the construction industry. Yeah. Um, also, my father is a builder, sort of slowly retiring, and my grandmother was a builder. So within my family tradition, my family sort of surname is within the hundreds of years experience within our company. Mm -hmm. So it's always sub something that's a passion, it's a family I business. Come from a long line of long line of experience, yeah. tradesmen. <laughs> love that. <laughs> love that, love that. Okay. And so how long has um, your company actually been established for? So we, yeah, as I said, just been uh, about 10 years now. Uh, about 10 about five, years now. Okay, yeah, nice. about four or five years limited now. Um, okay, so nice. basically, yeah, we just, mm. anything you can think of building related. Uh, mm. We're more sort of extension specialists, stuff like that, um, house mm -hmm. restoration, um, lofts, etc. But um, yeah. as I just mentioned, we're, we're sort of moving just to create uh, an option for our, for our products and service for our clients um, to mm. do development. As your, your speciality, mm. mate, smashing it, what you're doing. Um, just offering that turnkey service for our, our potential yeah. clients and existing think, clients. Yeah, because I get, I get asked so often in terms of obviously one thing, you know, there's there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle when becoming a developer or wanting to invest in property. One of those key pieces, obviously, is building your team. And a key segment within that piece is the build, is the build team because, you know, they can be make or break. I've had some nightmare experiences. I'm pretty sure almost every, every developer individual has had some bad experiences and some great experiences. But I guess the first question, the starting point, 
from asking somebody who's actually within the trade is how does somebody go about finding a good builder? Yeah, mate, that's a great question. And, you know, we and me have shared the stage on the uh, clubhouse and uh, yeah. we get that question quite a lot, but I'm always happy to answer it. Yeah. Um, I think it's three key aspects um, trying to find a good competent tradesman. I think the first one is your sphere of influence. So yeah. your sphere of your area, so your, your work leads, your family, your friends, yeah. um, people that know a good competent uh, tradesman or company um, they've used before, they've been in their house, they've seen their work. Um, so that's your sort of first sort of um, foundation of, of trust in finding a good competent tradesman. Uh, two is obviously doing your due diligence. So once you find a contractor, they've come and had a site visit, you, you get a good rapport with them. Um, if you're happy with their budget, then you go and look at the last sort of six months projects they completed. Yeah. Uh, you can see their building techniques, their finishes, how they operate um, obviously speaks to obviously it's a bit hard at the moment obviously with COVID etc but yeah. you can speak to the client to give you a reference as a point of view and then thirdly but not last um, obviously reviews um, for us we're sort of quite even though we're a modern building company I'm still young and trying to make it in a modern way by using social media etc and showing what we course, do yeah. we're very old fashioned in the fact that we used to go oh just word mouth and stuff like that but reviews as you mate and can sort of understand is so important so like Trustpilot um, Facebook Business um, Google, just them three as a starter, just looking at their reviews, you can you can create a picture of how that person, how that company operates by different clients' testimonials. That's it, really. At the end of the day, a good builder is a busy builder. So a busy builder is going to have jobs that are ongoing that they can show you. They're going to have clients they've recently finished. And if somebody's sort of um, a bit cagey of wanting to show you your, their work or their pre introduce you to previous clients, you've got to think there's kind of got to be a reason behind that. Um, Definitely. I think one thing somebody mentioned to me as well, which I didn't really think of, but I guess is a lot of the time is actually, particularly maybe for for start, maybe people not in your position, but earlier on, also just looking at like the sort of the financial position of the building firm you're instructing, because depending on what your payment terms are, if you've got almost like a balloon payment at the end, you kind of need to know that you know how would a pre-funding works depending on the sort of the finances that you've agreed so i think definitely managing how you plan to pay the builder and your contract that you're going to have as well with payment terms etc is probably quite important in that regards as well 100 percent. and mm. a thing that we've sort of noticed as well what we would say is it sort of reverts back to the client as well as the client mm. got the money to pay um we, we both often both ask ways, our, yeah you often our service and we need to know that Obviously, we put on our care and attention into your project and we're starting for you at a certain date that you're happy with and we're happy with, that we're not going to be let down, that you haven't got the money, you say you this, this and that. Yeah, no, so we've got to do our due diligence. I mean, I'm not talking about if you're doing a kitchen or a bathroom that's between five to 10,000. But when you're going up with 50,000 pounds. So 100, you know, 100K, yeah. It's in reality, it's, it's like buying a house. So it's like proof of funds kind of thing. Look, do you have the money? I'm not saying I need it all day one, but you know, do you have the money to do the project? And likewise, again, I think it's it's um, it's a mutual relationship. You're you're building a relationship that hopefully, particularly from a development aspect, will be a long term relationship. We'll be working together, and down the line, you won't be worried. But at the beginning, if I said, "Look, Chris, I'm I'm going to credit check your company to make sure you don't you know you don't owe anybody a ridiculous amount of money, to make sure you know the, the balance sheets etc. are reasonable," I'm sure you'd be fine with that because you know your position's fine. Likewise, on the other side, if you said, "Look, as you know what, I need to see your proof of funds because." Just signing me up for 200k worth of work i should be able to say look yeah show you evidence that i either have it or here's how i'm going to cash flow the business or here's my letter of finance from the bank to say they're going to back fund it based on you know whatever my financial agreement is with them so i think yeah that's that's really important 
Um, and I think so. So you, so you still even with where you are, we still you do still do like your kitchens, bathrooms kind of projects um, for your residential client. Yeah, I mean the, the thing is for us. I mean, if it's something someone's going to hang our door, for the setup we're based with our team, etc. It's a, it's not, no point in us doing it. You might as well get a handy person or handy man or handy woman to do it. Um, mm. But if there's existing clients, they say, like, "Chris, can you do uh, a bathroom? Can you do a mm. kitchen for us?" And it's and it's ten thousand pounds worth of work. Then, of course, you would. Because the thing is, more times than ever, you never know what you can lead to, what you can relate yeah. to. So it's all a contract. Today, we, we're in the business to help. Obviously, we're here to make money and be more successful and profitable as a business and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's trying to help as many people as possible. Really. That's what we're in for. I'm passionate about what I do and love what I do. Mm-hmm. So, okay, then this is a bit of a give back. So, if a lot of people in here maybe are looking at their first time investors or early investors, or they've got maybe their first residential property and want to know how to to add value, um, you know, where would? Because I know you said you're kind of starting to branch into development and adding value. Is, there's a conversation that comes up a lot of a lot of the time as well, which is rear extension versus loft conversion, which is kind of which adds the more value and also which is more expensive to build as well. So where do you where do you sit among that? That's, sort a, of? that's a good that's a good point, mate. Um, I think to be fair, I mean it just depends on every kind of uh, clientele, depends on every kind mm. of case, depends on every kind of pro- uh, property, as you I'm sure you can agree. Mm. If you think that you're going to turn into HMO and SA or something like that, and it has to be about units, it has to be yeah. i.e. rooms, then mm. loft is a, is a no given. So yeah. if you know for a fact that you've got a free bed, you want to turn to four, and you know you can get four HMOs mm. out of it or four by to lips, for, for instance, then yeah. you would do that. But if you've got a position where you've got your strategy, your your, your template is getting sort of high in, income individuals. Um, near to a train station, the main seas, etc. Then put an extension in the back because they know they're going to look after the property. It gives you that more well well being, that open plan, kitchen feeling, space, yeah. how you live, and it's how about you care about your um, tenant and how you're going to do it. Um, residential, I would say extension yeah. as well. But yeah, because I think yeah, that's that's really it. You have to think about, and that's that's really the answer. I don't think there's a sort of one size fits all answer, but when you're doing anything you're always thinking about okay what is my exit strategy so what are my long-term goals because if i'm let's say i'm doing a flip and for me i do a lot of like one bedroom to two bedroom because that's where the biggest jump in value is the difference between a one bed and a two bed sometimes just through internal reconfiguration moving a kitchen a bathroom etc can add 50 70 000 pounds in value um but as you get from you know a three bed to a four bedroom house, an extra bedroom doesn't add loads of money to do an entire loft. However, creating you know a massive open plan kitchen living room in a house may add way more value than the extra bedroom. So I really think yeah that that kind of question does come down to your your target your target demographic who you're, who you're going to sell to or who your end user is going to be as well. Um, but on on the lofts. So I know, again, this is very vague and I'm not promising that Chris will build your loft for this price. <laughs> but what kind of, uh, what, like, uh, what are the ballpark, you know, industry rates for single dormer, double dormer, hit to gables? It's like, where are people, like, what do people would have to, they, would they have to budget in a very, like, rough shell, you know, I'm not saying finish, etc. but as, as to high end <laughs> and as vague as you can go. <laughs> right, just well, I mean, this. fair play. I mean, the thing is, right, um, DM square mile builders and we'll definitely sort you out but uh, no definitely um, on, a, on a Victorian terrace on a Victorian terrace 
Um, the thing is, it's as you know, mate. It's how long's a piece of string. We 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 try to break it, dissect it into three things. It's obviously standard price, medium to range finish, and then you've got your high end finish. Um, so, if for instance, you know it's going to be a contract, you're going to rent it out. For instance, then you just put the cheap sort of sanitary area, and it's everything sort of up to a blaster finish sort of 30 to 35 something like that yeah then you've got your medium finish with the nice tiles a big 60 by 60 tiles a nice shower uh maybe add some more sort of storage eve storage solutions yeah uh, maybe 40 to 45 and then it, if you're going the high end with all the lights the, the big skylights you know the frames window the sliding doors yeah, yeah. etc the juliet balcony mm-hmm. you're, you're probably looking 50 to 60 something like that mm-hmm. which is the standard yeah, terrace. away from the finish what's annoying is when somebody asks me this question it's look i don't know what way your joists run i don't know like the, the you know, I don't know what the structural drawings are going to be like. And also sometimes it's that like, I don't know your architects. Some architects are amazing and design it so it's easy to build because maybe they're kind of, they have a crossover into the industry. And some architects just draw, draw whatever's easiest to build. And then they're telling you, yeah, but you've got to get a sunny flow because the joists will run that way and the waste is at the back of the house. And you've got no waste at the front. And do you know what I mean? So it really, yeah, it depends so much. But I think those are really good headland numbers in terms of like base finish, excluding you know your what if category but sort of 30 to 35 what was it after that you said sort of 45 yeah 40 to 45 and then yeah 50 to 60 but again it just literally depends because if you're talking second fix like a tile can cost a five pound a square meter or it can cost 200 pounds a square meter exactly and now as well especially with the current there's a lot of stuff in building is that trend specific so that at the moment, big tiles are a massive thing. People love the idea of like, you know, they don't want to see grout lines, they just want massive tiles. It's like, okay, when I've got to pay four people to carry this tile, this each single tile, and then you've got to cut it and do all the niches and everything, that's way more expensive than just, do you know what I mean? Just standard like 30 by 60s. <laughs> that's the thing, it's common sense, isn't it? I mean, we've yeah. laid sort of meter by meter tiles. We've got a company once, we've done a, a flat refurb, and they had eight before sheets of, of uh, composite uh, slab mm. mental, and they laid one of them, it cracked. Mental, in it? So yeah, just, goes, just goes to show, innit? Did like, what you did get. a bathroom, did a bathroom like a year ago, and it was literally the whole bathroom that had like six tiles in it. Everything was individual, just sheet tiles. Like, okay, look, we've got this wall, wall, wall floor, and that was it. Like, it's when nice it was though, seamless. It? But no, it's nice, it's nice, but it's, it's nice when it's like, my only like when i'm on your end of it and i'm being a contractor my gripe is that okay if you're happy to pay 400 pound a square meter per tile but you expect me to do the installation as if i'm installing 20 pound a square meter tiles like where is the balance and i think that's also one thing in terms of you saying you get what you pay for like there's no point trying to really scrimp on your labor costs but then want a high-end finish and be paying for bespoke German kitchens because, you know, like someone could get a £30,000 kitchen but then not get a really experienced joiner to fit it and they might have well just gone and got, you know, a, hitch, a kitchen from B&Q for four grand because they didn't finish it in the way that kitchen deserved. So I think there is definitely a balance when you are looking for a tradesman and make sure the tradesman is fit to obviously the finish that you're going for as well. I do, what I do tend to find also is there's no insult or sort of just any sort of niggle between clients, but a lot of people, obviously Pinterest being one, our, our website being another, they see all these minimalist stuff we finish and it looks amazing and we're proud of it. But people think that's quite easy. They're disillusioned by the fact that there's a lot of experienced staff 
making it look simple. It's like anything. It's like when you see a goal for a snooker player or football, yeah. make it look easy because they're good. They're the highest. They're the highest. Can you play golf? Game. I can play golf, yeah, yeah. Okay. Won't play for a while, but... Yeah, you know, I can play golf. No, I can play a bit of golf. <laughs> like, golf looks proper easy, but it's not. And it hurts. Like, if you hear about <laughs> try my wrist, I've done... Trying to, trying to... Ah, and I realise, yeah, it's not just about trying to cigar, but yeah, like, ah, you're going to teach me a bit of golf, because I like golf. I'll, I'll get you over, mate, no problem. Yeah, don't, snap, don't snap clubs enough. <laughs> um, no, it's just all about technique, mate, and, and mental mental agility is, is the most important thing with golf. Like it's that, one ball and a bit and a metal stick. Where I'm failing in the mental agility is that what well, you're saying? Mate, I'm sure you're probably good at it, but that's, that's basically my that's my personal review on it. Okay, but, um, so you got another question? Um, sure. I don't know again if this is your area, but it was uh, it's from Sheena Free. She's a she, I believe, um, has asked, do you recommend um, going straight into a small refurbishment as your first investment project? So I guess that question is maybe, it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's semi-build related. It's like how difficult from a client perspective or how much, if you're quite a novice with the right builder, do you think you'd still be comfortable with like, like a small scale refurbishment, maybe just, just a full refurb of like a two bedroom flat, let's say? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, mate, um, especially as someone who's going to be new to development, mate, your experience, you know how it works. You've been from the bottom of the tree all the way to the top. And you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? You've got to start something sure. simple. Don't go with something too big, jump in, in a yeah. deep end of a swimming pool where you can't swim. Mm. Um, doing small stuff, we're more than happy to do that because if we get a good rapport with that potential uh, client that we can use mm -hmm. again, and we do the project on time, money's good, everything's fine, it's it's working really well, then at least you're going to move on to other things. They're going to go, right, they could remortgage you use their strategy to find something else for you then because you've, yeah. you've had that rapport. Obviously, the two things I stand by, which I'm sure you can agree, is just trust and communication. Yeah. If you had them two working in unison together, <laughs> and I say it tiresly, but honestly, it's the most uh, two most yeah. credentials that needs to be adhered to. I think, yeah, communication and, like, just being able to work with somebody, like, a builder, you are going to speak to them. Like, when you're doing a decent-sized project, you're going to speak to a builder every day. Like, it's like being in a relationship. So you need to be able to work with them. Like, and I think you work that out a lot of the time in your first five minutes of conversation. You work that out if they're on time. And even if they're not on time, if they text you to say, look, I'm running five minutes late, sorry about that. Do you know what I mean? It's just, like, managing your expectations. So I think a lot of the time, like with so many things, I really rely on gut feeling. Like if I meet someone and I feel like I can work with them, nine times out of ten, my gut's right. And, you know, I mean, if I think, yeah, you know, we can do some good business, we generally do. I think back to that question um, from um, Sheena, I was recently asked by somebody, they, they kind of gave me their numbers and they were looking and it was their first project and they wanted to do a new build. And probably like investment wise was about 140k all in with about 20% return on investment. But I was kind of like your risk and reward ratio are quite low there because you're doing a brand new build. Like there's so much stuff that could what if factors on a new build in comparison to maybe like a tidy up of a two bedroom flat that, you know, you could maybe go in a slightly more expensive area but then have a lower risk element, but still put the same amount of money and still get the same out, but your, your risks are a bit lower. So I probably would say to try a smaller scale refurb for your first project, potentially something that doesn't maybe even need planning. It's just building rigs. Um, so, you know, you're, you're not going to get tied up, particularly if you've got finance costs. Um, and yeah, that, that'll kind of be my advice. Um, got another question coming. I guess they like, the, they like the price. They said, what about the price for a rear extension and um, creating an open plan fill? I'm going to kind of, 
I'm going to give you a what if. So I'm the client now, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a what if, just to kind of you make get, it a little bit you easier. Get, you you get I'm your saying, money's worth, literally, yeah. You get yeah, your money's no, worth. Like, listen, listen, this <laughs> is right. my opportunity today. This is my opportunity. I'm supported by loads of people who come in. They like my stuff. They repost my stuff. They send me lovely messages all the time. So obviously, like, it's free things. I create some more good content. I get people that I know are good on, share their work. Hopefully it's good for you and also for other people. They get an opportunity because for me, I charge for my time. I'm sure if someone just wanted to do a site consultation, um, you know, you potentially charge for your time. So they're getting for free. So I have to maximize it. You know I mean? We've got a little bit less than an hour. So I've got to get everything out of you I can today. And I'm saying <laughs> I am Mr. Smith. I've approached you and I'm saying, look, I've got a building about five meters wide. I want to do a three meter rear extension. I've got no massive trees around, no like Thames water build over. It's pretty straightforward in that it's a meter deep foundations, um, double cavity wall, and just like a, I don't know, a standard sort of flat roof. What, what, what sort of, um, just for the shell, like, I don't know, let's just say, or shell and first fix internally. So no second fix. What, what sort of cost are they looking at there? First of, all, first of all, I say, Mr. Smith, you don't far too much. <laughs> well, you know, Mr. Smith has been on the old Googles. I've been the Googles. That's I've been dangerous. The YouTubes. That's dangerous. That's dangerous as well, but Google is a dangerous <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> no, nah, it's a good question. But um, something similar to that, to a shell, to a plaster finish, um, mm. that the, the fixtures, the fittings, the tiles, the skirtings, the, the bifold doors, etc. Um, it, it's so hard because logistics, for instance, if it's yeah, in a terrace yeah, house, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no entrance. <laughs> there's a semi-attached, it's, it's much easier. Um, is it on some, some, some of them have had to go down in the basement and go back round to come, to come back up for the extension yeah, and stuff like that. So I know some of them, I'm sure you work with some of them fancy ones where you see the, like the, um, what's it called? Like that brings like all the rubble out on the chute to come oh, up. Oh, the extract, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, extract, the travel later. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they, look, they look fun. I haven't had to use one of those yet. I think I'm, I just, I think I shy away from terraces. I look at a terrace and I say, "Oof, oof." <laughs> it's a lot of work. That as it has in the day, it doesn't matter what size, shape, or form. So, but mm. now come back to your question, mate. Um, mm. I think it's, it's 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 a tough one, but I would say you're in the ballpark between yeah, again, thirty to forty, something like that. That's about. Mm. Um, okay, with yeah. a skylight, a fixed skylight in it, for instance. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like you say, it's all the the ad detail. So you could spend ten thousand pound on on cripple style doors or barfold doors. You could have a, a three meter by one meter skylight opening skylight that costs you another six seven grand. So yeah, the list that, that, that you have a twenty grand kitchen, twenty grand kitchen. That's so, the thing, it? And the, but then on the other side, you can get now like there's some really good products that you can get. Like I've seen lovely. What have I got there? That's probably about two meters by a meter that skyline i think it cost me 600 quid do you know what i mean you can get some really you can get some really nice stuff at a good price and match the, the whole instagram finish um but it's just a case of what do you want like what area and also knowing 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 your um your target audience what you're going sure. for because again there's there's, a, there's always a ceiling price within an area if it's your family home, then I guess you get your ceiling prices. How much enjoyment are you going to get out of whatever you've spent? But when you're looking at, you know, as in from an investment perspective, um, it's slightly different. Um, I think also, the, I mean, yeah, I was just saying that they were materials. Good. Yeah. That's another one that can alter significantly. So, for instance, that price would probably be a rendered finish. Now, if mm. you wanted to stock brick lots behind me, 
That's an yeah. original brick. You know as I as I do, it's three times the cost of a standard brick. Yeah. And if you're willing to supply up the same kind of price, then you can't you can't afford that because it's like fifteen, sixteen hundred quid a thousand. So yeah. probably more now. So um you need to know that the right materials are the right costing. But probably for that yeah. kind of cost it would be probably rendered finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I, I mean, thought, it's funny, a lot of stuff goes in cycles. Like so rendered finish wasn't that popular and it's become very popular with the K render as well. K render, a lot of yeah. people are matching. I mean I love, I love a K render. People <laughs> are I love a bit of K render. <laughs> I like the finish. But obviously it depends for the right type of property. But when it's like nineteen thirties, forties, fifties and they're not really nice bricks and it's they don't really have that period feature, I just think, Do you know what? For me that's kind of where I'm going because that's where the market goes, particularly if I'm selling. But then if it's Victorian period then I love to tidy up and have the natural exposed bricks. I just just doing some flats out in I'm stretching at the moment and I saw we'd gone back to brick and I saw the fireplace and I was like oh oh no don't, hey, hey, don't fly. no 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 leave that leave that yeah, guys I've yeah, got a shop I'm going to say leave that I'm going down to the shop don't you dare plaster that that's lovely sit down and skip that's good um, so go on a couple couple other questions did come through yeah I mean there is like, some people are asking about disparity between pricing there is a difference in price a lot of the time we are talking about London I think it is cheaper outside of london but to be honest with you it's not rest like that that much drastically cheaper because label i mean sorry material wise in particular you know it's, it's pretty much it's pretty much the same um there are some cheaper labor costs but it's still it's still you know and i think that's why london we get away with doing so many loft, loft conversions um and extensions because the added value is justified in the price because our prices are a lot higher in london I think one thing um, that you touched on when talking about extensions and the loft conversions, and I think people ask about, I like, what are the things that people don't consider that kind of can push up prices or in, in you know, in a loft conversion or a rear extension? So like, I guess a starting example would be like your drainage, like build over stuff and moving drains. Um, any other things that I guess if people are just considering adding value to their home that they should maybe be aware of? I think you've sort of answered, you know as well as I do, but a lot of lot of clients and potential clients and customers mm. don't realise about contingency mm. um, and additional costs. Um, you should always have 10 to 13% uh, contingency on per project because, as you say, drainage is our number one uh, item, as it, as it were, that we just unforeseen. It's just, it's nothing, it's not the client's fault, it's not the builder's yeah. fault, but the builder can't afford to pay it. So, yeah. it's a detail that people, Some I've heard of some stories that then, you start doing a job and they're like, literally I've got the money for it. And you're like, have you not allowed for like, like crumbling walls and existing mm. period properties, for instance, that you go to skim it and then the whole thing peels off of the lime and plaster. I mean, <laughs> you can't process, expect so us funny. to do that. Half the time it's holding, it's just holding, it's holding up the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think, I think our world record was like, it was like about, 16 different layers of wallpaper on top of like, so, like it was genuine like going for a time machine you went back from like nah yeah. and it was just all the way back to it was ridiculous like, orange should, and green uh, orange and green flowery patterns orange and, orange and green flowers then the green and white vertical stripes <laughs> the orange circles oh, it had all sorts I had that it would be TikTok perfect like, I would have just been doing this yeah. and gave you a day in, day in, day in like last 50 years of decor in the UK <laughs> <laughs> but no, which is which is good um there was a, a interesting question actually that somebody asked i lost it somewhere it was about cloakroom someone said um if you wanted to install a cloakroom like wc under the stairs do you need planning permission 
Um, I don't think you do. From what I know, what you do need as as regs though is you need yeah. um, extraction ventilation. Mm. Um, a lot of people I've seen when they come in, they go, "Oh, I've got damp and all these problems." Is because by law now, if you never build a regs, you need to have extraction, mechanical yeah. extraction, not just a window. And obviously, under stairs, you wouldn't have a window, so yeah. you have to make sure that um, there's mechanical extraction. Obviously, doing your drains as well, but. Yeah, I think yes. Yeah, so the main thing yeah, is, is like you need your building regs, no plan. Um, just yeah, building regs for your, your drainage runs, and make sure it's been done properly, um, and also the extraction. I think, and that's the other thing. If you're kind of looking at your house and you're playing around, it's very easy now to you can either find somebody with an identical floor plan on Rightmove, or you can just do one by hand. Or there's a couple apps. When you are thinking kitchen and bathroom, you need to think about how are you going to get to the outside because your air is going to have to go outside and so is your waste. So if you're kind of having a play around, even before getting a builder involved, you do need to, like, if you consider those things and it makes the whole process easier and you can also consider the cost as well. Cause sometimes, you know, you've designed your dream layout over the course of two months and you get a builder involved in day one, they say, yeah so i think that can be that can be difficult um i'd like to I think, what, what give me give me a nice job that you've worked on recently what have you enjoyed building what is it is it something <clears> that <throat> direct people to find on your instagram like something the project that you've really enjoyed um, well, we enjoy most of our projects are sort of extensions, um, so we enjoy that. I mean, have did I say did have Channel Four link reached out to you? No, mate. To be honest, oh, I've been on yeah. radio. No, Channel Four, and uh, they've got a new series coming out about some some. They want to like showcase some really nice extensions. I'm going to send you a link for it. I forgot about that. Play, I I sent appreciate it to you. that. No, no right. fair play. Appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, so go on. Tell me about a nice extension. What have you done? What were the details that you thought that, that worked really well, whether it was your idea or the clients? Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, mm. Just trying to think. So, one about five, six years ago was a big boy we done um, in Shepherd's Bush, Total House, Reed Gut Out, um, big glass atrium at the back, uh, brand new loft, um, all in zinc. Uh, Work with these mm. architects who are. Um, and, well, they're actually lecturers at university, but they've sort of mm. slowed down the residential now. That's why we're sort of looking for new architects to work with. Mm. Um, but they're just the designs are just out there. So um, brickwork designs. We build up a, a false wall. You'll see it on my Instagram anyway, but you see it. We built a false wall, but I forgot the name of the pattern to be honest, which is terrible. Mm. But every brick had a gap, so it created that natural daylight. And then two floors were, were glass, so okay. one was just like a high high ceiling downstairs low. But it, the effect it came in when it the sun shines and it, it comes through with sort of these yeah. little beams. So it was fantastic. Um, we've got the massive old atrium. Uh, we fitted a thing called Omni Tub, but not a lot of people use them. They're basically a, a bathtub, a Japanese bathtub made of uh, fiberglass. Mm. But you can use it as a shower tray as well. Oh, wow. So and you build steps up to it, and then so you can have a bath. I mean, you can't. It's not like a traditional bath where you stick your legs out and put your legs up. Yeah. But it is, it is, you can put your arms around the side like a jacuzzi, and it's like that. You can put additional things in it, like jacuzzi bubbles and stuff like that. But yeah. the, the beauty of that is that you can have a shower, you can have the, the down sort of mushroom head shower head, so you can create the whole thing as one. So, little yeah. details like that that we really that enjoy. I think they are fun. And that, like you said, like looking, as much as it can be frustrating, like looking at stuff on Pinterest, there's so many like nice ideas that you just can't kind of wait to be like, I'd love to be able to do that or implement something like that in either one of my projects. So have you said, have you stepped into development yourself yet or is it something you're planning to do in the near future? Well, yeah, be honest, we're, we're looking into it. It's something, um, obviously, 
being being builders, our head's been down just looking after our clients and working at high residential and, and domestic residential. But obviously, you know, mate, sort of meeting yourself through Clubhouse and, and learning different things and listening to people, I've sort of took a step back and realised that I'm, if I can if I can do amendments to the house and build houses, why can't I, I build it for a position for an investor that mm-hmm. way so we can create our own sort of developments in the future? So it's something we're definitely looking into, mate. No, it's definitely. I, th- I mean, I think there's so much like... Um what do they call it, like vertical integration. So obviously, if you know that you can build at a good price and you have, then you build relationships with other people that are in the industry. I've got so many friends that are, you know, converts and solicitors come developers, architects come developers, accountants come developers, builders, and it just makes common sense because you know the industry, you've built the contacts, you have a related skill set that you're already bringing so much to the table, you're way more likely to be successful than somebody who's starting out refresh or you can use that skill set to work alongside somebody that maybe doesn't have the expertise that has the capital or doesn't have the capital expertise but has the time or vice versa and yes i think that's that's really good um okay, revert the que- let me revert the question back mate um, obviously because you, when you do your videos you obviously look like your hands on have you actually got on the tools yet you actually use a can you know so let me let me let me be very honest with you i'm good at a lot of things but like like construction is not really one of them, but I have like I have like I have plastered, I have tiled. Like when I did literally like my first like my first my first bathroom and first like first house and first place and painted. I I, I tell you what I'm good at. What I'm I'm proper good at. I'm probably better than you are at this bit of demolition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get me out of a slip. So like that used to be like that used to be like my therapy. You know, just going down to it, like going down to a site, like still appraising stuff with like my construction team, still going over stuff. And I'd just go down there with my sledgehammer and just start breaking stuff. <laughs> it right. is, right, it is good, isn't it? That is good. I mean, <laughs> right health and safety, do you know what I mean? Safety sure. goggles on, all the biz. But listen, get down there on a, on a quiet day, on a day off, where you had a bit of a stressful week and do a bit of demolition. Oh, you can't beat it. You don't need no gym either. Don't worry about the gym. All right. All day. And genuinely, so that again, starting out, I was very. I didn't have the skill set. So honestly speaking, I learned early on that, you know what, there's no point me trying to tail when I'm, I'm good planning, I'm good logistically, I'm good at appraising deals, I'm, like, I'm good, I'm a people person, I'm good at closing deals, that was my skill set. But what I didn't, just because I was doing that, I didn't say let me shy away from manual labor. So I was, I'd be there with the broom, making sure the site was tidy, just making sure I was on site. So if I'm on site, people know, look, if the boss is on site, and he's tidying up. Like, you've got no excuse to not be staying till the end of the day, be working hard. Oh, you've just run out of plaster, no problem. I'll run down to Wicks in the van, and I'll go and get, like, 20 bags. Oh, no, you keep working. I'll bring it up the three flights of stairs. So, like, it, I think it's more about the graft mentality that helped me as opposed to actually having the skill set and identifying that that's not really for me. And I'm sure, like, coming, being a joiner, there's certain things that I'm sure you can do and, of, like just working on site you learn so many different bits of a trade but there's no point you doing a sparky's job because you might not do it right you're going to take however much longer they're still going to have to sign it all off a deal properly at the end so that you can focus on what your expertise are and get the right people on to do the right things around you so that was kind of how i built my team but even up till now like i don't mind like i'm i've I like clothes and I don't get to wear any of them because I'm always just in like combat <laughs> and, and, and a hoodie because it's just like I'm on site and I know I'm going to be, I'm going to have a bag of multi-finish over my shoulder at some point in the day. So there's no point wearing a nice jumper or anything like that. <laughs> no, it's true, mate. I'll ask yeah. this, you, you wear more of your uniform than your own clubber. 
every every day every day now <laughs> even when i'm going out like, even when i'm going out like, oh, do you know what i mean just embrace it now it's every day building your brand mate you're building your exactly. brand that's what it's about isn't it exactly exactly that um i think someone asked the question that you i think you've already answered because you just answer it again for those who are maybe new and just coming in now which was just how you got into the industry so your background to becoming to building your current brand yeah, happy to answer that. So basically, I, I left school at uh, 17. I was going to leave mm. at 16. Um, as I mm. sort of briefly touched on before, my, my father was a builder. So I was always going to on site on a Saturday when I was seven or eight, burning my hand in the tea bag, mucking mm. about the lads, plat, sweeping stuff up. Yeah. Um, and then 16, I was going to leave school. And he said, look, why don't, there's nothing else you're going to do. Why don't you just sort of do a, just do another year at sixth form? And I thought, oh, mm. I just can't be bothered. But what one thing that sort of, sort of, uh, made me who I am uh, to be fair and how I run a business mm. was I've done business studies for a year mm. um, don't ask me why but I've done it but all I did sort of learn from it was profit breaking even and losing and I knew for a fact I didn't want to do the losing like, in debt <laughs> he didn't want to be breaking even you got to go profit so yeah. had that skill set and then obviously worked with my dad he said to me look get yourself an apprenticeship I'm not going to do it for you but what I will do, will do for you is I'll pay you to go to, to do the apprenticeship, which is fair play to him. So mm. I said carpentry was the one because my dad was a plaster. My, bless my, grand, my late granddad, he was a spread as well, a plaster spread. Mm. And uh, I said to myself, well, you know what? I know I've got to go down that family heirloom, but I wanted a job where at the end of the day I could just sort of brush myself off. Could brush you off, yeah. Plaster's not the done. same. Nah, job done. So carpentry <laughs> <Great> one. <laughs> That's it. So I've um, done carpentry for three years. Um, obviously working on a building site my dad's a lot sort of unbeknowing learning how the, the system and the environment of building is um, and then got to position he didn't have enough carpentry and I wanted to, to hone my craft wanted to make sure I was good at what my trade was I don't want to just say you're a carpenter and someone goes to see you hang a door and you're terrible you want, you need to learn your trade by doing it every single day repetition, okay. repetition, repetition so started on the big sites working on the big sites had a couple of breaks when I become um, a sort of working foreman, so running four or five chippies a day when I was about 21, 22. Mm. And then um, had a big break in Barking in East London, and then in a sort of NHS walking centre was getting built. It was uh, 150 rooms plus two blocks of flats on the top top two floors. Oh, wow. uh, I was the first chippy there by the, the six months. I was running 30 carpets a day when I was 24. So um, I was sort of, that was that sort of how I've sort of transgressed yeah, my business by the managerial side, but obviously the theory and the practical. So obviously being a carpenter, knowing my trade, but then man, as you know, mate, man management and making sure you get the best out of your staff that you're working with. Um, I think that's the difference between if someone just left school or went to uni and try and tell people who are experienced tradesmen and tradeswomen for so many years telling them pointing fingers, they're not going to have it. But if you say to them, look, we've got to get this job done. You know, I know, you know, and I know we can get that job done in a day. Just do it for me, will you? And that's how the difference is between it's like treat, treat others like you like to be treated. You talk to yeah, people yeah. in the same manner, didn't you? So, and pe obviously our business is people, people. So that's uh, out of country yeah. business. And then just transgress people saying, you know, a plaster, you know, a brick lad, you know this. And I was being kind and giving it out and thinking, hang on a minute. I'm a bit, yeah, it's in my it, family yeah. tradition. I'm a carpenter. So it just transgressed. So, into so no, I want to go back to a couple of things you just said, because I think they're so important, particularly because one of the main questions you know, you get asked is a lot of people, they, they, they see themselves as here and where they want to get to is developments. But there's like, there's so many different ways you can get like from A to B. And obviously you've mentioned two really important things, um, the education element. And I think 
as much as you may not feel that you never practically use like whether it was um, you know a levels or what you've done at college in terms of long term what you got from that in learning the basics of business whether it's profit or loss or like SWOT analysis I did the same and those things stay with me forever regardless of whether or not I ever actually had to go and present those to somebody and say here's my <laughs> qualifications they physically like they are your qualifications they're your everyday what is um academic becomes practical because you use those and you use them to elevate and, and build and then also you saying that becoming you know being going from being an apprentice to running 30 people at the age of 24 a lot of people are looking at how can i get from a to b and i want to be here within five years well even with that experience alone and having that that sort of skill set you know you know that you know how to run a team at that stage if you wanted to if your trajectory was i want to get straight into development that would be something you could do because you've built up the contacts, the experience, you know, you've built up like, obviously a background of employment. So you have like the finances in place. So I think it's very important to obviously look at different journeys and there's so many ways you can get into development and you are now getting into development off the back of that experience. But you know, the, the route to it is always different, but I think a lot of, there's always a lot of similarities, which are, you know, first get, get an education, some degree of education, that you can use practically then you know find an area of expertise and specialize and then hard work and graft and those three things generally speaking like unless you're really unlucky you, you get to where you want to where you want to be in the long term and i think yeah i think that's what i hear from everybody like, and it's a different story completely different one person's gone to university and done six years to become an architect one person done an apprentice somebody's gone straight from you know they left school at the age of whatever age but like there's the journey those steps tend to be the same regardless of what yeah, you know what those steps are they still they people still take the same so it's really interesting no very yeah, valid point mate that's good and where you know you're home yes but you're a builder that did a nice house because you can hear that builders always do their house last. <laughs> That's true. You saw my story here. We're doing, I'm building um, a bespoke um, seating area. Um, I've done this little story yesterday. I built, I built the stud work waiting for the oak now, and I'm going to build my oak, oak table myself as well. Oh, nice. And nice. get some metal legs made up. Nice, nice. That's good. Ready good for the summer. To, it's good to be able to do stuff while I'm lazy. That's the last <laughs> That's that's like, I'm, end, be, I'm being traditional though it's what you're supposed to do as a builder you're, you're, you're <laughs> off your bad against the grain a little bit I have to speak to you about it that's it definitely that's good and then what about um, any like any hints or tips for you know somebody whether you, you can choose really to be fair for like if it's somebody who's looking to potentially either get into the trade or somebody who's maybe planning you know an extension or planning a loft conversion how would you ask either of those people to prepare like their next steps and what they're doing yeah no problem mate go with the first one apprentice i would mm. a million percent get into construction mm. um doesn't matter what age you are either i'm, I'm so many people i know have been bankers that turn into plumbers um so don't worry about your age as a as a definition factor to not get into construction um but the thing is with construction is it's not easy um it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of perseverance and learning and loving what you do it's you know for a fact mate comes across and what you do you love what you do you care about what you do, you work hard on what you do, it's the same as what I do. Um, but with apprenticeships, we need a, another younger generation. I'm very passionate about it because the younger generation has to move us guys forward, um, sort of younger potential mm. sort of developers, builders, etc. because we're all going to get older. There's no one else who's going like, to carry the baton on, is there? So without a doubt, they, they've got to look into, I mean, the, 
politicians, we're going to get a long story, but the politicians don't help as much as they should do. Um, and it needs to be implemented, educated more clearer to parents and to schools about how you get the people in construction, even just giving them a chance. If a, if a child doesn't want to do it, that's understandable. It's giving them that in, interaction, giving them a chance to see what construction's about and how it works. Um, so for that, that's yeah, so I'll definitely true, get... Because there's, there's so many people that are just, like, that are maybe not, like, academic learners, but are amazing practical learners. And, like... It's like, okay, we teach people DT at the moment, but DT is so like, it's not really practical. Like, it's not practical. Doesn't it? Don't say, okay, look, yeah, like, put this in a vice, and that's it. That's what I remember from DT, putting stuff in a vice. It's true. Uh, like, but it's, it's true. Like, okay, what if you started to give people the basics in the same way you give people the basics of, you know, chemistry, biology, and physics? What if you gave people the basics of, like, joinery, like, um, like electrical or plumbing work? And then if somebody likes it, then carry that on and become an expert in the field. Now, I think that's that's a really good point because I've had conversations about not just this, but financial literacy. That's another thing that's not taught yeah, in schools to tell you that, you know, your credit needs to be decent. You, you need to manage this. This is how you buy a house. This is how you, you know, go about getting a loan. This is how finance works. This is how, like, so loads of different things like that. But I definitely think what you've touched on is really important as well. And for a lot of people, particularly for the younger people, there's so many amazing opportunities, at, particularly at the moment as well. There are loads of opportunities with internships. There should be more, but there is a lot. So definitely go and look into those. And you'll not, hopefully you won't be surprised. Hopefully you'll know that like that the salaries long term, um, like you know for for, for plumbers, for for electricians, that they're it's good money. It's good money. More, well, it's very good, and it's also you know. Like I'm talking sort of, you know, residential plumber, you know, electrician. When you go up to sort of, you know, managing sites and managing multiple electricians and dealing with larger scale commercial projects and, you know, I mean, even um, contracting roles and stuff. Oh, it's ridiculous some of the money you can make. Uh, you, like it's bank, banker money, finance money. Like there's, so I think there's, you know what I mean? There's. No, it's true, mate. Yeah, come, into your, come into your second part about people yeah. looking for an extension loft, et cetera. Um, if they haven't got the drawings, then obviously we, we do design and build now. A lot of things is, is quite a taboo about it, but for for our team, we've got um, certified structure engineers and rebar architect we've got on board. Um, so to be honest, our fees are sort of a lot higher than some other companies that can offer sort of just drawings that you just throw in. Do you know what I mean? But I think the thing is with that is that you have to make sure that architects are there. Coming back to what you said there, which is so paramount, is that if someone's just going to do some drawings so you can get it over the line for council and then you go building, compared to someone who's an actual rebar architect where they'll know the ascertain of the layout of the, the joists, so they know where to put the toilet, they know where to make everyone else's life easier and cheaper in the long run. I think, mm -hmm. once again, you pay for what you get. So make sure you get some decent drawings, a decent spec, um, because you have them two hand in hand. When you go out to tender for two or three builders, maybe four builders, at least you're going to get the same estimate back and then you'll just work out who's cost reflective and what so at least yeah. with that position you'll Compar have a comparative, comparative complete like an understanding of what needs to be done what needs to be done. because most times than ever a lot of people there's no it's no insult and I understand, it's understandable that they'll give three or four different definitions of what the works they want to achieve and then they're going to have three or four different variations of yeah. estimates and builders because they haven't come out and been transparent clear and defined of what they want to achieve so Definitely make sure if you if you're wanting to get a costings and sort your numbers out, then make sure yeah. you do a decent 
I think I came in a hundred a hundred k recently above another builder. <laughs> but, uh, but then I, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, but they're, they're not even the same. Like there's like there's these quotes that like, there's nothing the same in these quotes or whatever. Question for you actually, which I'm going to link into another question. Do you charge for quotations? To be honest, at the moment, yes, we do now, mate. Um, in the past, sort of getting the business going, I didn't. Um, but mm. what we do do is we charge a fee for a survey for the estimate. Mm. And if you do go ahead with us as a contractor, it's then we'll waiver it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the same side. Yeah, I charged a fee, but then it's that's I charge like a service fee or like a quotation fee, etc. And then should you go ahead, then we take that off, obviously, the cost sure. of the job or what have you. Because I think, especially if I'm doing a really in depth quote, it's a lot of work for somebody course, else. Yeah. And a lot of the time, somebody who can't be bothered to do that work, what they will do is they will take that quote and just say, I'll do it 5% cheaper, but I'll do everything on the job. But it's kind of like, okay, that person who's had that attitude towards even giving you a quote, what's their attitude going to be like towards, you know, doing, towards doing your job? Um, the reason I asked that question was, where was it? As someone trying to get into property flipping, how would you go, how would you recommend um, accurately pricing um, a refurbishment? That might be sent to you, or is it to me? Is someone trying to get property? I'm passing everything, everything to you, even if it's to me. I'm still going to give it back to you, like the Shackle Brothers. To me, to you. How would you recommend about going accurately pricing? Um, I think so just, reason, the just, reason I asked it just goes back before, to what I said, mate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the reason I asked the question was that technically, I don't know. Why, do you mind telling people what you charge for for a quote? It's two hundred plus fat. So, for example, you're going to do a job. And or you're looking at a job potentially. So you're looking at a job. Maybe you've you've bought. You're going through the converting process, and you want to make sure you got your numbers right. Now you're hoping to make, I don't know, three, uh, thirty grand, fifty grand, fifty thousand pounds, for example. I would say you pay somebody the money to get an accurate quote. You've then got an accurate quote. It's two hundred pounds. If the quote's right and you're happy with the quote, you've then got a builder who's given you a good quote, good scope of works. Maybe there's some stuff you can say, look, okay, how about we dial it back and we go, we don't go for the bifold, just go for some French doors. What's that going to cost me, X, Y, or Z? But realistically, I'd say, obviously, get your quotes in, but make sure you get good quotes in. And potentially, a lot of the time, don't be afraid to pay for expertise in the same way you're going to pay your architecture, pay your solicitor, pay your builder, because they're equally qualified to be able to give you bits of information um, alongside. I think it's also, especially it's sort of, it's sort of more comes to the fact of sort of property investment where if you pay for our services, I mean like 200 is probably for about an hour or two hours max. But if I've, I've been told before that if something to you, you're going to look at a property you want to buy, mm -hmm. right? If you pay a good amount of money for us to come and have a look at it for a day or half a day, right? That might save you hundreds of thousands of pounds by buying something that, and then finding that, out, oh dear, why did exactly. I pay? Instead of scrimping and going, oh, I'll get, I'll do it, I'll pay because for it. Because anyway, a lot of people will go and get a home buyer survey for four hundred pounds, and a home buyer survey they're going to look around and they're going to say, that's damp, that's damp, that's damp, and that's basically what you're going to get. <laughs> so, like to get again, the person who's going to build the job. Um, look, everyone's coming in with great questions now, but we're going soon. So you're going to have to tune in next week. We're going to have you on again at some point, Chris. <laughs> More again? I appreciate it. Always, always, always appreciate it, mate. Maybe come my one this time, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll come over there. Come over there, no problem. Um, so this is a question for you again. Um, what capacity do you have to build? Do you take on food, full build from demolition to key handover? 
Yeah, great question. Yeah, we do that, yeah. So basically, we, we've got a, a service and a team that we can do that. Um, obviously, if you want to DM us, uh, add us, and we can talk about it in further detail. But um, we ha- we offer a, a building service, the DMB service. Um, we're builders. We know what we do. We're passionate about what we do. Our service and reputation is high. It's clear to see. We've got nothing to hide. We're always honest, reliable, um, and trusted, which is the most important thing. And that's why we're trying to become sort of London's go-to builder, because... We're clear. We, we want to be off that service to everyone, um, mm-hmm. and it's that obviously the same as you, mate. You've got a great brand, you've got a great logo, and people trust what you do, and that's what we want to do. We've in the past had customers before saying we're so proud that we have your logo in your holding in the front of your house. Mm-hmm. When I ask them, obviously the permission or every time, can we mm-hmm. put it up? They're like mm-hmm. more than merrier because it's a sign of someone that's got it's a good builder with them. You know what I mean? We're proud as well. Good. No, that's really good. I think this leads on to us. Like, I think it's a good place to end it. But also, you know, it leads on to an amazing segue for you to pitch your business. Obviously, you pitched it already, but where can people find you? Somebody just asked about a full job. How, should, how can they get in contact with you? Where can they get quotes? Are you going to be anywhere where people can see any more of this great little gems that you've been dropping? Appreciate it, mate. Um, yeah, basically, uh, check out my website. It's squaremilebuilders.co.uk. Um, also, you can email us if you want to get in touch with anything, or even advice, not just work, because any advice and, and building relation, um, info at squaremilebuilders.co.uk. Um, also, we're on Instagram, as you know. Um, we're also yeah. on Clubhouse as well as you are, mate, you and me in Clubhouse. We'll do, maybe do another little room soon. If people are on Clubhouse, yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely, I'll be back. I've kind of club, I've kind of, I've taken a little bit of a Clubhouse detox, but I'll be back soon. Um, I think I'm going to be on Tuesday at. You should come on our show, mate. I've got yeah, an official show, haven't I? The Milk and oh. Two Sugars show on a Monday. So I'll be there. I'll be there. Get me on. Get me on, Jump bro. I'll on, be mate. there. Jump on. Get me on. But yeah, now listen, for everybody who's just saying they came on late, you were told. So it's same time every week, 6 p.m. on a Sunday, different guest every week. Um, every week we've got somebody amazing on. Next week we've got Ted. So go and have a follow of Ted Talks, the king of all things yellow. It will be there next week. He's a developer. Um, has done about 14 deals in the last two years, loads of flips, BRR deals and everything in between. Um, I am going to put this up so you can watch everything back on the YouTube. So that's Property by Kazi, all one word on the YouTube. So if you missed it, don't worry. But I do expect you to put on those post notifications. I'm, they're not here, but I'm going to pretend they're here, like there's something flashing on the screen, like I'm a real YouTuber. So yeah, um, turn those on. Again, this segment is all about really for me, an opportunity to give back to one of the people like Chris who supported me, to you guys who have come in and asked questions and support as well. Um, and also just to put out little gems that hopefully help everyone. So next week we're back. Ask somebody else. My opportunity to be relaxed and like I've done to Chris, put him on the hotspot and he's done very, very well. So thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. See you guys. Take care. Thank you very much. Guys. Yeah, All right. the best. Bye. Take care.